All right, SOJ's back in the building. Um, sorry I haven't been on here in a while, guys. I know I told you I had some cool things cooking. Today, I've got my buddy sitting here with me, and we're going to talk about the life of a police officer. Um, my friend has agreed to come on here and share kind of some of the ins and outs of what it's like to be um, a cop and be a, a, a law enforcement agent. So I know that you've had about 11 years of experience and you started in the military. Would you say that your your particular career path was, was it something you saw from a young age or was it, did you go into the military and was like, oh, well maybe law enforcement just makes sense? Right. Well, man, I definitely want to uh, thank you for allowing me this uh, opportunity. But um, yeah, and feel free to shout out anybody you want, man. This is so informal. Okay. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, uh, picky with your words. <laughs> if, if you want to, you know, say some crazy shit, feel free. Cool. Um, so to be honest with you, man, um, being in law enforcement was something that I always wanted to do. Right. Yeah. That was something that. You know from a little kid that that's what you want to do. Uh, going into uh, the branch of military I went in, um, I realized quickly that information technology or an information officer was not the way for me. Okay, uh, Man, I'm a little bit on the slow side, so I needed something I could do. Um, and when I came back, um, I changed my MOS uh, to become uh, a police officer versus keeping that information technology officer uh rank mos mode of operation what's the mm -hmm. s uh your pretty much your job okay okay your job okay <laughs> mode of operation station maybe i don't know what the s is in that acronym yeah but uh so you change your mo but so when you were a kid playing cops and robbers you always volunteered to be the cop i did i okay. did okay did you have law enforcement in your family was it something that you had, did you have like a role model that you looked up to or something? Was that why you kind of picked that? So actually, man, um, everybody in my family, you know, are either prior service or they are um, law enforcement professionals, um, federal, state and local. Uh, okay. So um, I have an auntie who just retired out of the D.C. area. Uh, she was uh, a federal agent for 22 years. Um, I have an auntie who retired um, about three years ago um, as a trooper in Georgia. Um, and then I had a cousin who she was also um, a city cop. So, you know, being a cop has always kind of been in the family, immediate family anyway. So okay. absolutely. So you always had a positive spin on it. You never really had any. Did you have any, Did you ever have any bad experiences with law enforcement growing up? I, I can't say I can't say that I did. Okay. Um, honestly, uh, every encounter that I had with with any cop, be a male, female, black, white, um, it was always positive, you yeah. know. And, and I was always in some of you know, like you know, our explorer program yeah. or cadet program. Okay. So everything was always positive for me. Yeah. Well. The, one of the biggest reasons why I was so excited to get you in here and to, to get you to um, to speak out is because I believe there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of misunderstandings what it what about surrounding the whole police officer profession. Like a lot of people want to just 
um, generalize and think, oh, cops are the kids that got picked on in school and that want to exercise a little bit of extra power because, you know, their mom and their dad picked on them the whole lives. It's like, that's okay. That might be one or two cases that might, that might be a hundred cases, you know, but there's also real people that had good lives that just want to, like you were telling me earlier, you didn't come a, a cop to, to shoot people or to, oh, I'm wake up. I'm going to be a cop today. Cause I, cause I want to, you know, I want to puff out my chest and I want to beat people up. No, you said, I want to be a cop cause I want to help people. I want to, I want to be a, a positive force in my community. And I think a lot of people are, are missing that. I know that, um, especially with media, the way it is today, mm-hmm. you guys catch a really bad rap. And I think that, um, it, it has a lot to do with just, you know, media sells on negativity. You know what I'm saying? Pe- mm-hmm. People are going to watch the news and you're going to see all the bad stuff that happened. They very rarely report on the good things that happened. Mm-hmm. And a- another reason why I'm so happy I got to talk to you is because I've got a lot of black friends that tell me that I'm living in a, in a delusional world where I can ride around with my wallet in my pocket and not mm-hmm. have to fear. Whereas some of my black friends, mm-hmm. they've told me I can't ride around in my car without having my wallet on the dashboard, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go in case I get pulled over. Cause I don't want to get shot. Mm-hmm. Now I do believe this is a fairly new thing. I don't think I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think 11 years ago it was this bad. I don't think the public perception for police officers has been so bad. I mean, it's never been really great. You know, I grew up in the with a strong hip hop influence, you know, fuck the police. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was smoking weed as a kid, so I always avoided any type of interaction with the law because of I, I felt like I, I was breaking the law mm-hmm. some of the times, you know what I mean? Right. Not hurting right. people, but doing something that was, you know, illegal or whatever. So I have always avoided the law at all, at all, at all costs. But as I grow up, as I get older, as I have a better understanding of society and the way it works, it's like you need to have people that police you need to have people to like you were saying earlier to protect the young to protect the white people to protect the black people to protect the old people to protect the young people to protect the you know the people that are working to protect the people that are in their homes like you really are you're a key part of the society that gets so much flack and so much negative um rapport but you guys literally have the most dangerous job. You guys put up with all of the idiots. Mm-hmm. Most of the calls that you're getting, you're not dealing with an average, you know, law-abiding citizen. Every now and then you'll get a case where someone's blown up or whatever. But for the most part, you're dealing with criminals. People that are trying to get by on the law or trying to do something that they know is not right. So I know I covered a lot of things, but do you think you have like a sixth sense for some of those people? Like when you're talking to someone, do you know if you're talking to a good egg or a bad egg kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Man, let me, let me, let me address a few things. Please anything in there. I know at at a time. So like you said, 11 years ago, um, and, and that, that's still, you know, considered mid career for me. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, versus some of my old, uh, war dogs, if you will, you know, them, them, them boys. Um, 11 years ago, no, it was not this bad. Yeah. Um, you know, rookie, fresh out, shined, you know, boots, you know, buzz cut, the whole nine. It was not this bad. But if you go and you take what instance, whatever instances have happened, 
it was magnified a thousand times over by the media. Yeah, and the uh, internet and the, and everything yeah. else. And and when people started recording us, is when it really blew up. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when you take this from eleven years, because you know for a long time it was illegal to record the police. Yeah, it was just illegal. You couldn't do it. Yeah, especially in some of our upper states, you just couldn't do it. Then it passed law. It was like, well, no, that's un constitutional you can record them and so yeah. that's when because that's when the story was being told one-sided yeah right yeah yeah so now they entered into where now everybody wears body cams yeah. so now the story is uh is both sided so yeah. we can look at it both sides um another thing too is that what people Policing is not as black and white as people would like it to be. Yeah, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot or of yeah. what they would think it to, to be like. Um, there's a lot of gray in my chosen profession and career. Um, one of the things that we deal with a lot is that when somebody's um, cell phone comes on, they're missing the 15 to 10 minutes prior to me putting my hands on a subject. Right yeah. or a suspect rather, so all you get um, is the last five to seven minutes of me, you know, detaining the subject, him resisting me, putting them on, putting them down, putting them on the ground, and that's all you got. Yeah, ten to fifteen minutes prior, you missed him not being non-compliant. Yeah, calling me everything out of my name. Mm -hmm. Um, pushing you to the point where you're having to put your hands on. Right. You're you're getting a very a very skewed a very small piece of the puzzle, whereas there is a bigger picture in right. every instance. Absolutely, because then when we come up, when I come up on you, my body cam footage is already rolling. Yeah. So from my perspective, as soon as I make contact with you, we're already on. Yeah. So if there's somebody, if there's a third party or another citizen or civilian recording only the last five to seven minutes, yeah, right, they should know at this point that we've been going for the last thirty minutes almost, yeah, right. And, well, and, and to add to that too is they might they might have recorded the whole thing or have just as much as you do, but the only part that's going to make World Star is that part where you start coming or, or start defending yourself or when you start doing something that the public is going to see as. Not right. Like, oh my God, look, he put his hands on him. Absolutely. But you didn't Absolutely. see the 10, 15 minutes before that where he was getting crazy, maybe making you nervous. Maybe you had already given him two or three chances to comply or to... Have you seen that meme on Facebook, bro, where the little boy has a boot on his head, but when the in one, in one picture, but in the second picture, he has the boot on his head with his own arm in it? Oh no, I have okay, Go look so, it up. Well, <laughs> Go no, up. that makes sense though. So it, it so that's the perspective. So yeah. it shows the perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So you see where the the citizen or civilian, all you see is the boot on the head. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then And that pisses people off. That enrages absolutely. people. That, absolutely. That 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 fuel that if you're already predisposed, like if you're like some people I know, um, you know, you're already gonna be like, Oh, look at that. Police brutality. Right. You're not gonna you're not gonna care about the rest of it. Agreed. You're not even gonna Agreed. you're not even gonna look for the rest of that story. All you're you're gonna see what you're gonna get confirmation bias, you're gonna see what you're looking for, you're gonna get enraged, and then you're gonna go spread that negative feeling with someone else oh my mm -hmm. god did you see this this me did you oh my god did you see that little kid with the boot on his head right 
you know? And then, it's so funny because the very next picture, like, yo, like, the very next line past that yeah. is the little boy. He has his own arm in the boot. Yeah, so he, he's mimicking something. He's basically saying, look, yeah, there was a boot on my head, but I put it there. Right. It's, it's me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, kind of going back to the the second part uh, of what you were kind of asking earlier, you're absolutely right. I did not get into what I got into to 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 kill people yeah. or to hurt people or to bring harm to people. I got into my line of work to help people because I know that that's what I'm here to do, right? I was created, I was made to help folk and to do what I can to help everybody. I don't, as far as me helping people, it has no creed, no color, no race, no background. If you call me, I'm coming to help you. Yeah. Even if that means for me losing my life protecting you or protecting that of your family simply because hey i know that that's what sometimes help might look like for you or to you or even to the community and you know like i was telling you earlier too you know the community in which i do serve it's one of those things to where i try and be as active and out front and outgoing as i can so if something were to happen to me in that community there would be a outpour or a, a great influx of support for me being an officer, not only being an officer, but being an officer of color, yeah. because that takes a huge role in it, too. And of course, I'm not here to be your friend in a sense. I still have a job to do yeah. and I have laws to uphold and maintain. Um so it's definitely one of those one of those things where I'm like, yeah, nah, you know, we we got to keep it copacetic, yeah. Because if not, like y'all gonna get out of pocket, and then when I have more units pull up because y'all think I'm playing, now I'm the bad guy again, yeah. But that's you know, you should have just did what the hell I asked you to do. Been <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, and there was another thing I was gonna say too, man, but I halfway forgot. Um, I think it was um. Uh, shoot, man. But um, just kind of going back and reiterating that, that it's one of those things where we um, we do this for, we do this to help people. We yeah. don't do this just because we can get up and put a bad, you get that at first, you get that Superman complex. Yeah. You know, because I had it, I ain't gonna lie to you, man, I had it for about, for about my first two years. Okay. You have this Superman complex where you the you you Billy Badass, right? Can't well, nobody. One, well, one of my questions was going to be: Does that badge give you that false sense of it does. entitlement? Well, it actually does kind of give you entitlement to a you know possess a weapon in in certain areas where no one else is allowed to have them. Mm -hmm. So it does give you a certain. Um, set of rights and privileges that not every citizen is granted to. So I mean, but does it does it give you as you're saying? So for 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 the first two years, you kind of had these new badge muscles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because you 
you're so proud in what you just accomplished. Yeah. Right? Going through the academy, doing this, doing that. Being able to make, because everybody can't be a cop, bro. Yeah. Because if everybody could be one, everybody would be. Well, and I think police academy gave me a good idea of it. Because not just anybody can do it. Like you said, you I have agree. to pass a physical examination. You have to pass a, you know, you have to pass a, a mental test. You have to be able to, you know, uh, understand and uh, learn these laws. And laws are not... Um, easy. That's probably, mm -hmm. you know, I considered being a cop when I was younger before I, you know, started, you know, doing some illegal things, mm -hmm. allegedly. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I always thought that that might be a good thing, but then when someone told me you have to learn the law, you do. it's like, oh, I might as well just become a lawyer yeah. because it's the same thing, but more right. plus the danger, plus the added responsibility, plus the, you know, and, and one thing that I think is really noble is like, as much as people don't tend to think about it or give you credit for you are human right. you know but before anything else before you're colored before you're a cop before you're even an american citizen before you're your mother's son you're a human right you know maybe not any you know these priorities might be different but you're a human so it, the point that i'm trying to make is that cops can be having a good day they can be having a bad day mm -hmm. if they're having a bad day then guess what that might rub off on you a little bit the right. same way as when i'm a cashier you know, and I'm having a bad day, that might accidentally rub off onto one of my customers. Right. You know, now right. you are held up to a much higher standard. So I can understand why a cop might have a few more bad days in a row than maybe a cashier or whatever. You know, there's so much more existential threat that you guys are facing. You know, right. the worst thing that I've got to worry about is my manager yelling at me or maybe someone coming to rob me. But even as a cashier, I'm going to want mm. the police to step in. I'm going right. to want the police to be right. there. I'm going to I'm going to be glad I have that little button underneath my desk to to have that little bit of reassurance, you know, and all of that assurance comes from me knowing that there is a system in place designed to protect me because it, by the definition of a civilization you have to have civilized people mm -hmm. and when you have chaos abrupting inside of a civilized situation you need police or someone that's going to police that situation and going to step in for the the people that a it's either not their job or that aren't capable or, or you know you have to you think about it in, in a in a dream sense you're protecting the old and, and the yeah. weak and the infirm yeah. but it might be someone like me right. who's just a pussy getting beat up <laughs> in a parking lot because i was talking too much shit yeah you know what i mean we 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 are there's two things i want to say you know there there is we are that thin blue line between chaos and organization right yeah, yeah. not only are we that thin blue line we are the ones that keep there are bad people right yeah. there are evil people and we keep those people at bay we're we're we're, we're the sheep dogs right uh, uh uh so the sheep dog would never turn on the sheep and the sheep dog would also never turn on the shepherd yeah but the first time that a sheep dog is aware of a wolf or a predator, that sheepdog will do everything, show its teeth. That sheepdog is willing to give up its life for the protection of who? The shepherd and the entire flock, right? That's who we are. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. So you'll never see where a sheepdog turns on the shepherd or the flock. It's inherently, it's not in them. They can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes against everything that, that sheepdog is meant to do. And when we say sheepdog, we are literally talking about our armed forces. Yeah. 
and our law enforcement community because we are, you know, we yeah. that's that's what we do. Well, the sense of an army or the sense of the navy or whatever that's that's the police of the country. Absolutely. That's in case we get an alien threat from another country. That's right. that's our police in other countries and here and there. Now, I don't want to get too political about wars and stuff, but the police. As we think of as cops, that's for internal problems. Absolutely. That's for our, Absolutely. for our, for our internal um, stuff. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to circle back around to this again, is by you being that sheepdog, like you're, you weren't. I guess some people are, but you weren't born a cop. You know what I mean? You made Absolutely. a choice to become Absolutely. a cop. Right. So with that in mind, I'm going to make the assumption that you're a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. Like you, there's, I'm not going to say something wrong with you, but right. there's something different about the yeah. way your mind works. And if, in order for you to care about the whole flock being your whole community or your whole state or however far you want to push your, your laws of uh, enforcement. But even, even in the classroom that I met you in, mm. you extended your protection to us mm. just because a, that's what you do. B, that's just, I guess, the training that you've taken on. But C, you're that type of person. You've got that. You've got that law enforcement mentality inside of you. So even when you're not rocking your badge, even when you don't have the protection of your suit, even when you don't have your webcam on protecting you, you still have those qualities and those characteristics that A, make you a crazy motherfucker and yeah. B, that make you, that give you the, the quality and that 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 sense of... You know, I was put on this earth to protect people and to help people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm going to use whatever training I have to do that in all senses of the word. You know, Absolutely. and and you know, back to my point is you being a human, like you know, you being a cop makes you a superhuman in some ways. You know, you do get that badge. You do get you know uh, a firearm to carry around with. You do get um, almost permission to use deadly force in certain situations as long as you you know name yourself or make sure they know that you're the police or you know I'm sure you know those things but you know what I'm trying to say mm. but I guess what what the, the point that I'm trying to make is it takes a different type of person to want to have that responsibility like I've had a dog before and when I lost that dog I kind of got my heart broken so I don't really give a shit about animals anymore right like if there's a hurt animal on the side of the road my girl be like oh stop let's let's help it out I'm like Psh, I'm driving right by that bitch I don't got no time and it's not because I don't care it's not because I don't like animals right but it's because if I get invested in that thing or if I start having feelings for it and then I have to do something that is you know, beyond the realm of norm and I have to put it out of his misery, then I'm going to be emotionally evoked. And, and I guess I'm being selfish because I don't want to go through that hurt and that angst. Right. Whereas a cop, you're, and I know it's two weird situations, but as a cop, you're going to stop. You're going to help that person. You're going to help that dog. You're going to, you're going to do what you can because it's in your nature, because you've been getting trained to, and because you've been equipped with this, this, person this not personality this responsibility and the tools to do so effectively yeah yeah absolutely man like one of the things that you you are absolutely right you know in order to to be a public servant of any kind you got to be crazy as hell but all the more crazier to be a cop or a law enforcement professional right because everybody you know for a fact that you're not doing this for the money you're not doing this for people to like you you're not doing this for none of that because people frankly don't give a shit about you okay and you do it simply because you were put here on this planet to do what you do and be damn good at doing what you do 
right? Yeah. And even when I met you, I I told you that I'm good at what I do. Yeah. I've always been good at what I do simply because if I couldn't be a cop, I wouldn't know what else to do, right? Like, I'm good at uh, many different things, but I'm great at this, right? Yeah. I'm great at doing what it takes to be, what it takes to protect folk yeah. and help folk and just do do what it takes, man. Um, it's one of those things that, again, this was a choice that I made yeah. and was supported throughout my entire career. Still, still supported. Um, but, you know, again, man, you know when you're young that this is something that you want to do because it's just so fascinating to yeah. you for whatever for whatever reason yeah. that it is, it fascinates you from lights and sirens to uniforms to the look to the the the, the camaraderie to the brotherhood of being a part of it. That's you know that's where you belong. And chicks dig a man in uniform. That's true too. That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. Um that's funny. But the, <laughs> I'm sure you learn that in the services. You do. You know. I'm gonna tell you this, man. I'm gonna tell you why I took that that um Superman complex. You know, I'm a, I took that off my shoulders, man, because I carried it for two years till I got my ass beat one real good time, yo. So you like, it takes. It and 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 because you couldn't tell me anything. Yeah. I'm this new rookie badass cop two with two years of experience which ain't shit yeah but two years of experience under my belt and i was working one night man and i told this guy he couldn't park his car a particular place he blatantly disregarded everything i said i called in dispatch had a tow truck come out told his shit period yeah dude came out the dude had been i mean he was in the club dude came out he was drinking dude looked for his car he came straight to me yo and he asked me where his car was. I was like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Yo, I had never been hit so hard in my fucking <laughs> life. Like, Jesus. <laughs> what made it so bad was that I wasn't expecting it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I had this, I'm the police. You can't fucking, like, you can't, yeah. you can't vibe with me, bro. Yeah. Like, you, like. We're not out. on the same level. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. That, Joe. when I tell you that dude, like, rocked my world, bro. I'm not bullshitting. That dude hit me so hard. And what was funny was, so the first hit, like, I was disoriented. Like, I was like, oh, shit, what's going on here? No, he didn't knock me down. Okay. But I stumbled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I had other officers around, but it seemed like it took forever for them to get to me. Yeah, yeah. And by the time I I, I stopped stumbling, he was coming back at me with a two-piece. Like, he was, I mean, he was tagging me, yo. Yeah, yeah. And this is a real live story. And by the time I tried to get it together, I, I knew if I would, I knew if I would have got hit one more time, I would have been down. Yeah. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah. But luckily, my my boys came and got him up, whatever. Yeah. I was so disoriented, man. I didn't know where my taser was. I didn't know where my OC was. And it's all on my side. Yeah. So, funny story. Same thing happened two weeks later. I should have been on desk duty, but I wasn't. Shout out. So, I um, went back two weeks later, you know, with my battle scars, right? Because you earn your stripes yeah. in the street, yeah. right? You earn you earn everything that you get. This is how folk know you. This is how, you know, your community or people 
fuck with you or know not to fuck with yeah. you because you 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 earn your stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like two weeks go by, I go to the same spot, yo. Like I go to the same spot. I'm still on patrol, still on duty, doing everything. And of course I'm getting laughed at like that. I was like, well, if you think I look bad, you ought to see him. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's one of them type of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I, I I I as me sitting here in your face telling you this, bro, I bullshit you not. Same thing happened. Very similar situation. Told dude, don't park there, whatever. He didn't he did the exact same. it was it was deja vu, I swear. Yeah. Now when he came out and asked for it, did you was your response different? So my response was slightly different. Because okay. you know I'm an asshole like in real yeah. life. Yeah. So like it was slightly different. I was like like bro, like it got told like yeah. forty minutes ago because mm-hmm. I told you not to park there. Yeah, I tried to take some of the tone out of my voice, but it just wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. And dude, like this time, I saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't connect the way he wanted to because if he would have connected, like that would have been it too. Yeah. But so me and him got into it. Yeah. And after that, bro, that was like my that was exactly to the day. That was my two years. Okay. I've been in two fights, two years, in two weeks. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So So you have to kind of take a step back you, and kind of look at what you're doing and maybe evaluate what you could have done differently. After that, I quit being such an asshole. Yeah. You still got to be one. You still got to be your job. Yeah, you still got to so, be your job. So, you know, you you back back off of that and then that's when I got knocked off my high horse, honestly, yeah. because I was on one. I was proud. I was I was everything, man, that I had put into this thing. Yeah. And when that happened and it knocked me back, then that's when you start to realize that okay. Hmm. What can be done differently? Yeah. But the thing about it is, word get out. They know at the same time too. Folks know that you aren't scared to throw down either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Come all that parking lot police man go fight you. You park there, dog. Don't park there, bro. (laughs) I had to fight this guy two weeks in a row. I'm telling you, these boys don't play. Yo, dead ass. Yeah. Like, but that's how you earn. Again, that's how you earn your stripes. That's how you earn your clout in the streets. Being a uniform cop being a patrol cop yeah like that's how you earn it and you know they we talk more yeah but at the same time too they know i have no problem man i have tussled and wrestled and fought some of the biggest dudes out here yo but at the same time too you you gotta you gotta know when yeah they respect that yeah absolutely they respect it because they know a you're not a pushover yep B, you here to do a job yeah. and see at the end of the day, bro, me and you might have went. It's just like it's just like being a guy. Yeah. Me, you can get into it right now. At the end of the day, you still my man's, right? Yeah. If you still my man's, we cool. Yep. Same thing with my people. We get into it, you still my people. There's a respect there. Even like there is. back in the school day there when is. you fought someone, nine times out of ten, you guys became homies the next right. week. Yeah. You my folks. So if you yeah. call me. I'm coming to see what you need. Yeah. Right? Because now you my people. Yep. But we had to get that out of the way. Yep. You went to jail. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you went to jail. Yep. You got a court date. We had to have the pissing competition. We did. I had to show you that my stream was okay, longer. Okay. So we yeah. cool now. Yeah. So you call me. I'm going to come out to you and check you out. But at the same time, too, I don't put shit past you. Yeah. You might be my folk. 
but you know where I'm ready to go at a moment's notice. So like, calm down, like yeah. just, just like slow, like. Well, slow the up. same way you're gonna have more respect for me, I'm gonna have more respect for you. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. I, I want to switch gears a little bit because I, I don't want to make this too easy for you. I know my listeners are gonna be like, "Oh, you asked them all the easy questions. You told, <laughs> me, you told them how great he was." But earlier, you said something to me that I never really thought about. Mm. And uh, one of the questions I wanted to get to was, um, "There's a lot of." supposed institutionalized racism within the police force and Mm. earlier you were telling me how you know imagine you as you know a a police officer a a sheriff or whatever and you know you've you've been this way since the 60s and 70s you've kind of seen the the climate change as far as racism and as far as what's acceptable and what's not and you know pc culture or whatever you want however you want to call it you you've, you've lived through some of the some of the darker days some of the uglier times so and then when your son becomes a police officer mm-hmm. you might be passing down some of those bad habits some of those some of those racist thoughts or whatever and, and not not intentionally necessarily but whatever you're talking about at the dinner table whatever you're talking about throughout regular life if you had a bad day as a cop and you just come home and talk about it and now your son becomes a police officer and he's living through his own times but he also has these thoughts of his dad back in the day where oh yeah i remember he said that um you know, he did pull over that that uh, that car of of black people, and you know, he it did end up uh, being a, a bad situation for my dad or whatever. You know what I mean? And all he thinks about are those certain things. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he might be, you know, maybe uh, slightly racist against black people, or might be right. slightly inclined to uh, jump the gun when there's more than one people in the car or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and Absolutely. I could see how that would be passed down through the generation. So I would call that generational racism as opposed to institutional. Now, I don't, I've never joined. I don't know this. And I know in all of the places that I've ever worked, they're very, you know, conscious of what you can and can't do as far as HR. Now, I believe a lot of that has to do with suing. You know, no one wants the liability to right. be, you know, no one wants to be in a courtroom and have to pay thousands of dollars for, you know, hurting someone's feelings or saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. But the the point that I'm trying to make is that... uh when when you have um you know uh, a society that doesn't trust in their arbiters in their in the people that are meant to keep the rules you know you got you get a lot of pushback and i guess what i'm asking you is have you seen any of this institutional institutionalized racism like could you see where they might could slide it into the curriculum now i know you are a a officer of color so maybe they excluded you a little bit from that. Like, could, I guess, can you speak to that at all? Like, did you did you witness any of that? And if so, how how did you witness it? And like, what what did you do about it? I guess. So, and I, and I just want you to be honest. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want you to incriminate anyone or be crazy. But just for for a, a citizen's point of view, I'm sure we would like to know. You know, coming up in this, coming up in the academy, coming up along the ways, could you see where there might have been a path to corruption, or where there might have been a path towards, you know, maybe hanging out with these guys instead of these guys, or you know, because I imagine it's a lot like high school, like you mm-hmm. kind of get clicky, you kind of hang out with the people that you like, you know, the the ladies man's gonna hang out with more ladies, you know, the the sports guys are gonna hang out with the sports guys, like I imagine that's kind of similar in that sense. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, of course, you see that. Yeah. Of course, you see it. It it, it can't. 
it can't not not exist, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> being being a an officer of color, you are treated um, uh, the way they treat you. Is, now, when you say they, are you talking about society? Are you talking about your academy, the people? Uh, so for okay, so for example, the academy <clears throat> I was in was actually a really, really good, good academy. Like, okay, everybody we had black, white, Latino, Asian. So it's important. We had everybody. So it's important to note the difference of the absolutely. academies. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Even even when I w- was training in the military, our academy wasn't just full of your typical white guy, five foot 11, you know, 200 pounds with a high and tight. Yeah. You know, that, that, that. So even with that, it was all inclusive. Okay. We had females, we had black guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and all this other stuff, but you definitely are left. You are somewhat treated like the black sheep of the family, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. Um, All the way from the beginning. All You're the saying. way kind of from the beginning. Okay. You you are. Um and, and and depending on where you're at depends on how much they let that go. Mm-hmm. Right? For example, that was not okay. Yeah. However, it is just like high school even, where we get into study groups. Yeah. Or we're shining our boots. Yeah. Right? And you got the group. Over there doing their own damn thing, and then you got me and you over here doing. Now we supposed to be doing the exact same damn thing, yeah. right? Shining our boots one way, clockwise, right? Yeah. But they are over there doing it counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. Now we all have to go to the same drill instructor or the same instructor and. <laughs> He's got to check to make sure the boots are when shined. You, right. But see, when you check the boots, you can always tell the circle in which the wax goes if okay. it's clockwise or counterclockwise. So that all, that's already an issue. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, they go off and do a counterclockwise and do, if we do a clockwise, that sh- <laughs> the way that the light hits the boot, you can determine how they polish the boot, believe yeah, yeah. it or not. Yeah. So it's the same, it's the same thing. So like how we do... Like, you know, we call this thing uh, for guys, the wagon wheel in the shower, you know, and all that is, is how we get more bodies in and out of the shower because we're supposed to check each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, As far as how your uniform looks, are you pressed? Are you ready? Are you this? Are you that? Some people didn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't tell me what, bro, we in this shit together. We're trying to get. Just like me, trying to get to the same destination, yeah. bro. Trying to get to the same place. Yep. So don't pull against me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let's work. I ain't with that. Depending on where you at, you won't see anybody of color in their academy. Okay. Period. So that is probably stronger in those Absolutely. Instances. So when you deal with your smaller municipals or when you deal with your smaller departments, you it's very rare that you see an officer of minority... Or an officer of the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's more common than people realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because then you get the same. Because now everybody's, you know how me and you 
can read the exact same sentence and interpret it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The information is the same. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. But I read it one way and understood it another way. You read it one way and understood it another way. And we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Based on your prior experiences or based how what you got out of it, you're going to see one thing. And based out of my prior experiences or what I got out of it, I might see something completely different or even something similar, but still enough of a difference to to have a conflict. Right. Or a difference right. of opinion. Right. So. And, and things are said kind of like subconsciously, kind yeah. of if that makes sense. Yeah. So like things are said and if it goes over somebody's head, then oh well. Yeah. If they get it, and I'm like, what? That don't make no damn. So it, 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 things are said that maybe shouldn't be said. Yeah. Or maybe sh- are, is is intentionally being said. Yeah, yeah. Um, that make certain folk believe or think that it's okay to do or say things to people of color mm-hmm. or people in uh, the community in which they serve. That oh well, this was okay in the academy, or this was okay here and there. Versus where it shouldn't be like that at all, but yeah. we all know better than that. Yeah, like if you're if you're practicing a drill in the academy with uh, you know, let's just say a racist person, and you're going through the drill and they're using excessive force, you know what I mean? Uh, they might be training that person in the wrong way, or they might be giving them a wrong example of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be using so much force, or maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you shouldn't just uh, step to that scenario so quickly. Um, but is there any way to, I guess, is there any way for you as one person to kind of counteract that? Like when you hear those subliminal things being said or when you see that shoe being shined in the other way, like is there a, is there a, a safe route for you to address that issue? Now, I know you did say it's different in the bigger in the bigger municipals as the smaller municipals, but like, is there any way to, you know, uh, positively affect this, um, problem from the, from the inside, like internally, like, is there a way to like, not maybe like rat on your people, but say, Hey, this was said, I didn't really understand it. Can we just make sure this isn't a, an issue? You can say it all you want. Depends on whose ears it falls on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because if they're part of that good old boys club. Right. Then it's going to get passed to the side. Right. Yeah. And even that could cause you, for example, that could cause you to get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. So now are we looking at being discriminated against? Yeah. And, you know, I know for, you know, being a black man, that's the first thing everybody wants to say. Oh, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. But it can be true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and luckily for, for me and, and, all my folks, you know, we just had a grand old time. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. You know, that was not an issue for us. We just had to stop fighting each other. Yeah. That was the issue for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't a race thing. It was a I don't know you thing. So why should I do it your way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I recently, um, my daughter uh, is in high school and she had to read uh, The Hate You Give. 
and it's uh, uh, spoiler alert. Brief synopsis of the the book and the movie is you know there's these two um, black kids that grew up together or whatever. One girl actually ends up going to a private school, and the other one kind of stays in the hood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years later, they get together at a party. Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Whatever, whatever. The the hood guy is driving the the private school girl home. You know what I mean? Who mm-hmm. also lives in the hood but goes to the private school. Um, they get pulled over. Um, he has no respect for the police. Mm-hmm. The police shoot him um, because he actually ends up go. They they take him out of the car. The guy says, "I'm gonna run your numbers or whatever." He says, "Stay right there. Don't move." Mm. The kid intentionally um, reaches into the car to grab a brush to brush his hair. The cop sees that as him going for a weapon. Shoots him three times. Now, I've read this as a white person. Mm-hmm. I've read this as someone that has recently been arguing with a very strong, very um, smart, very powerful black woman in his life and, and is constantly, you know, discussing the nuances of police and discussing the the differences between, you know, finding out the whole story and just looking at the kid with the boot on his head instead of looking mm-hmm. at the whole picture, you know, seeing that he's just making a demonstration of himself or, you know, so I, I've been having these arguments with this, with this strong, beautiful black woman. And she always is so quick to point out everything that the police do wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in that case, yeah, I mean, he shot an innocent kid, but because I'm reading it as a white person with all these, you know, privileges in air quotes and you know with with my own experiences that's the only thing i can draw from right Right. so um i'm reading as the kid disobeyed the kid was not being compliant he gave the cop a hard time from the get in my mind i'm thinking especially with this political atmosphere i'm thinking there's so many things he could have done to avoid this problem Mm -hmm. you know and then of course he gets shot the book goes on um it it turns out that the cop was you know a little bit racist but in the way it was illustrated in the book it was just it was just a normal now the cop was giving him a hard time but it wasn't like it wasn't illustrated that he was racist well he wasn't Mm -hmm. you know that wasn't in the script now if they'd have done a little bit more like oh um, you know, if they gave a pers- uh, 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 maybe a line of sight from the cop, like, oh, I did pull him over because he was speeding or because not just for some nonsense about a light being out or whatever the excuse was that he used. Mm. You know, it's hard when you're when you're only focused, like you said, on one tunnel on tunnel vision, when you've mm-hmm. got one you've got one part of the whole puzzle highlighted. But mm-hmm. yet there's still a massive mm-hmm. picture to be seen. But you're so focused on one part of it that's going to fit your narrative to paint whatever type of picture you want whether it's a fuck the police picture or if it's a, you know, uh, the kid wasn't complying picture Mm. instead of looking at the whole thing, like, yeah, there was a lot of things that went wrong. Mm. Maybe the cop didn't have to pull him over if it was just a light. Maybe, you know, maybe if the kid wasn't speeding, you know, there's so many if ands or buts and there's so many variables that could make a different outcome out of a certain situation. Mm -hmm. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that a normal human being isn't making decisions based off life and death. Whereas you as a police officer are, you almost have to think four or five steps ahead because your life is on the line. You, you gain that. That was the other part. You gain that sixth sense, right? You, you, you have no choice. Yeah. Right. You gain when you know something is a foot. Right, yeah. like you just know it. Yeah, you, Spidey senses. You know yeah. it. Now, I think I know what you're talking about as far as this this book and this movie is kind of portrayed. Yeah. Um, 
also another thing as as a police officer you are somewhat brainwashed okay and just like in the service right in the military the army the navy you're brainwashed because they want you to conform there's conformity you have yeah. to conform yeah to this or you're out yeah right yeah, yeah. same thing yep. here's the thing in my 11 year in my 11 years i've been in five shootouts okay in which three were fatal two were not okay yeah. The hands, the hands are what I focus on. Okay. Your body tells me things that your mouth is not going to say. So you as an officer focus on the perpetrator or suspect's hands is what you're saying. I've, yes. I've, okay. Two, three things I look at. Your hand. Your, I got The hands you don't see are the hands that kill. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So I'm looking for your hands. I'm looking at your hands. My VCs, which are verbal commands, are going to be based on your hands. You're, you're doing too much. Quit moving your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you ever, like, if I ever show you, like, some of my uh, uh, um, body cam footage and stuff like that, which I probably have to do, um, you'll, hear me, you'll hear me say a lot, your hands, hands, let yeah. me see your hands. Yep. Let me see your fucking hands right now. Yeah. Because people, for whatever reason, are compartmentalized yeah. where they don't understand why it is a threat to me yeah. that I can't see your hands. Yeah. There have been officers that have lost their lives in the line of duty because they couldn't see their hands and the person didn't comply with their hands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Secondly, your body language. Everything as far we're taught to read aggressive body language. We're taught to read, you know, docile body Passive, language. Yeah. You know, so you're not into okay, well, what's a bladed stance? What's this? What's that? Yeah. What's an aggressive stance? What's whatever. Yeah. I know and and even growing up, like being in a fight, like you know when somebody wanna steal off on you, bro. Yeah. Like you know when somebody wanna hit you. Yeah, you can see that shoulder cocked back and like kinda, you, you know you see yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you know, I, I'm always into you know my people's eyes yeah. your eyes cannot lie to me they yeah. won't lie yeah they'll tell you your next move right yeah your tongue will be moving and lying mm -hmm. that's fine yeah but as long as i'm watching your hands your body and your eyes simultaneously bro i know what you're gonna do yeah i i it's just like driving you drive you don't drive for yourself you drive for everybody else around you yeah 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 being a cop is the same thing okay you aren't you aren't doing this to protect yourself. You're doing this to protect you, my partner, yeah. the, the the girl in the car, everybody else. Yeah. Now, when you go down and, and you know, I think it was dark or something like that. You go down under a seat and I deliberately said, keep your hands on the dash. It's already a problem. Yeah. Because the next thing I'm going to be seeing probably eight times out of ten is going to be a fucking muzzle flash. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, it's too late. Yeah. It's like, too it's late. too yeah. late at that point. Well, and when you're sitting there saying, like, show me your hands, show me your hands, I remember a couple of my first altercations with police officers and talking to them for any extended period of time, whether it's a 30 seconds or a minute, if you put your hands in your pocket... And it's a problem. Cops don't like that. No, it's cops not. Cops do no. not like that no. at all. And I thought it was a respect thing, but now that I'm growing up and I understand, like... You know, me, I've never been trained that. I never learned about body language or how to pick up on those things. But I have been yelled at by a cop. Right. Let me see your hands. Or, let, <laughs> let you know, keep your hands visible. Like, right. you know, you learn right. that. And even in the book, you know, this um, this 
this little black girl goes home and, you know, uh, before the shooting happens, she recalls when her dad was telling her, if you ever have an altercation with the police, you obey what they say. You do whatever they tell them to do. And no matter what, you keep your hands in sight at all times. Right. You know, and this was, uh, you know, it's a little... It's a little exaggerated, and, and but even like I said with my buddy who says he can't, he doesn't feel safe driving down the road with his wallet in his back pocket because if it's not on the dashboard and he has to go to reach for his wallet, he feels he, or he fears that a police officer will take that as interpret him reaching. That the wrong way. Yeah, interpret that the wrong way exactly. And you know, uh, there's small things that you can pick up on too. Like a cop never will come to your full front of the window. Mm-hmm. He always stands like right here. Mm-hmm where the base of your thing is. And that's probably, and I don't know this for sure, but that's probably because he's more covered that way. Mm-hmm. He's got a better line of sight of who he's talking to. You know what I mean? There's probably a number if of different you, reasons for that. Th- that makes... Okay, so the way that we're being trained now on how once we do a, a, a 1061 or a vehicle stop... You never expose your entire body, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. how... You just don't do it. That's just like... That's if you like see in the movies, you know you're in the movies yeah. because they're standing in your full freaking no. yeah. So you always come out because it, 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 there's a method to the madness, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if somebody's gonna do something to you, if, if for example somebody's gonna shoot you, and I'm back here, you literally have to come up damn near all the way like this to get a good shot off, to get a good shot off, yeah. or to get a round off because you're a and. 90% of everybody's fucking right-handed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you, you know. Yeah. And so, what that does is that allows that officer to do one of many things. Yeah. Either deflect, clear his holster, do whatever it is. It gives him the most time to react. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it does is buy, it buys me probably anywhere from 10 to 12 seconds. Yeah. That's all I need. Now, will I get hit? Probably. Yeah. But... That gives me enough time and enough room to clear my holster, come back to the back of your car where you're at, and I'm going to tag your ass out. Like, yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, and and another thing, too, you know, with your friend who, who feels that it's unsafe, you know, I want to say to him that, hey, listen, like, nine times out of ten, like, if you have another encounter with a police officer or a deputy sheriff or a trooper, understand that they aren't there to hurt you. They aren't there to kill you. The only thing that you have to comply. Compliance yeah. is the number one thing yeah. that will keep everybody safe and everybody alive. Just like you don't want to die, he don't want to fucking kill you. Yep. It's that simple. Well, and that that makes sense to me. But I think the same way that you have this you know, systemic racism or this, this generational, um, racism institutionalized inside of these, these, you know, organized bodies. I think you also have that going on in the home. You have generations of people that have had bad experiences with the cops back in the sixties and seventies and are still living with that today and are passing that on to their kids and, and they they come home with their horror stories of being pulled over mm-hmm. or their horror stories of, you know, almost being shot at or being beat up by the police or having a foot on their head. You know what I mean? Um, so that's all they can go off of. And it's like, yes, you are entitled to have your opinions and yes, you are, um, you're not wrong for feeling those feelings, mm-hmm. but what what I think people need to be super aware of and need to be much more conscious of is when you're 
speaking to your children, when you're giving them this advice, try not to shape it in a way that comes from your personal um, opinion or your personal facts. Now, if you're if you're a saint, then obviously you want to you know uh, you want to give off as many of your morals and values as you can. But if you know, <laughs> like I know, I'm a very imperfect person. So mm. when I was talking to my daughter about that book. I didn't want my own prejudice or my own biases coming into what I'm telling her. So when when she was saying that, you know, she was siding with the black family, she was siding with the the side of the, uh, you know, the the writer's side, you know, where the the side that the writer wanted you to be on. Mm-hmm. They wanted you to think that you know all cops are bad, or this in in this instance all cops are bad in this in this town, you know. When actually the uncle of this girl is a police officer, mm-hmm. you know. And there's I'm not going to spoil the whole book, but there's some there's some issues there. But I guess what I'm saying is you really got to be careful. You gotta you gotta be careful about what you're telling. Um, your youth. You got to be careful about the stories that you pass on. I know that you, you, you're in sales. I'm in sales. We, we've both been there before. So uh, most people know that if you have a bad experience, you're going to tell t- at least 10 people or, or right. a number of 10 people. Absolutely. But if you have a good experience, you'll be lucky if you tell one person. Absolutely. So in that fact, it's easy to see how the cops get such a bad rap. But in the same way, we need to go ahead and accept that information and maybe try to counteract it by, by taking our own opinions and our own biases out of these conversations especially when we're when we're teaching our youth like i had to back up and say well did did that guy in the book did he did he do what the officer told him to or was he um was he maybe being a little bit belligerent or a little bit uh boisterous and not cooperating as well you know mm-hmm. just think about that you know and it's 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 tough because I don't want my daughter to be like me. I want her to be better than me. Right. You know, and I I think most people, just like you said, the cop doesn't want to shoot you. He doesn't want to kill you. Just like you don't want to be shot. I'm pretty sure that most people want the world to be a better place when they leave it. And that's why I think you made this decision to be a cop, to make the world a better place. That's why I made the decision to be a parent and to try to teach my kids the, the, you know, the, some of the nuances, take a look at the whole big picture. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that we, um, as members of society, we should be maybe trying to put out there that, you know, maybe what we're doing or what we've gotten so used to be doing isn't the best way of doing things. And maybe we should look at a new avenue to go down. You know, if, if we're automatically ridiculing and just jumping to conclusions that all police are bastards or all cops are pigs or whatever it is, all this negative connotation. Now, if that person knows you have that opinion and they come to make that call and they're not as morally sound as you are, right. they might not to respond to that call as fast or they might, right. you know, that, that could definitely negatively impact you. So if you've got, you know, a family of, let's just say purple people, Mm -hmm. let's just say, you know, a a family of green people that don't get along with any blue people. Let's say the blue people are police, never get along with the blue people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's just, it's a small difference. Like I encourage those green people to maybe to change the, change the way, um, to, to break out of that cycle, to not perpetuate the same, um, you know, malformed opinions or not to, not to, not to keep putting out the same negative stuff, but maybe to, uh, perpetuate a different cycle, right. you know, instead of always putting out what hasn't been working, always putting out the negative, why don't you try, 
either keeping the negative to yourself, you know, not sharing it with so many people, or if you are going to share that negative, make sure it's in the right direction. Make sure it's not necessarily at your children that are going to pick that up and maybe carry that with them. But write a letter to the editor, write a letter to the, the congressman, write a letter to that, that policeman's, uh, you know, uh, officer above him, you mm-hmm. know, try to go through the ranks. Maybe, maybe you'll learn something there. Maybe, maybe in that, maybe in taking those steps to realize what you're doing incorrectly, maybe you'll see the faults of your own ways. Maybe you'll recognize a mistake that you might've made and be like, Oh, maybe I'll do this differently. I really think that if, um, if people take a step back and think about what's going on, I think that we could avoid a lot of these problems that we've got going on. I know I took up a lot of your time, man. We can go ahead and wrap this up. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we turn the mics off? No, man. Um, I, I think that was it. And, and there are at least well, two other points, at least I did want to touch on. Then please, we, we can please, do, yeah. um, you know, with, you know, being, you know, again, an officer of color or even just a, a man of color, you know, um, we I, I never discredit um, the hardships of my people. Right. Yeah. I, I, I never I never do. And discrediting the just blatant racism uh, that we had to go through back in the day, you know, 50s, 60s, and, and realizing that that wasn't that long ago, yeah. you know, yeah. um, with with the law enforcement community and, and, and everything else. I get it. I do. I really, really do. Um, and is it easy to watch a lot of stuff like Mississippi burning and all that other stuff? No, it's not easy to watch, but it's a lot to be learned there, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and and that was one of the main reasons that I got into it, too, was if I can make just a small difference yeah. in the community in which I serve, the community as a whole, the law enforcement community as a whole, and even how the people that I know personally and professionally are affected by it, then will be, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just fine with it. Um, and then lastly, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things where we understand just like I was talking to you earlier about the riots, you know, where a lot of times I am more conflicted than, than not, you know, for, the career that I chose. Yeah. Right. But I know ultimately that it is what it is. And I know that I'm doing as much as I can, as best as I can to make the best of what I got. Yeah. Um, and of course with, with us having a lot of the leaders that we have and everything else, everything is okay. Everything is copacetic and we cool, Yeah, you know, but it's definitely something that, um, I, I've taken a lot, uh, I've learned a lot in these last 11 years. Um, actually, I'm coming up on 12 in June. So, hey, man, it, it was definitely a, a pleasure and a privilege to uh, kind of get a little bit of that out and, and see where we can go from there, man. Well, so. I definitely want to sit down and do this again. If yeah. you ever have the interest, um, you know, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of each other. Um, I do want to give a couple quick shout outs before I actually turn the mic off. Um, Vic. 
I am going to send this to you, and I am going to ask you again to come on the podcast, bro. You taught both of us a lot of stuff, and you've got a, <laughs> you've got a great way of communicating that info. I would love to have you on as a guest. I know that we kind of dropped a couple four-letter words, and, you know, I've got – I can do professional. I don't have – we don't have to do the potty mouth thing. I just – you know, I wanted my man to loosen up so that we can get some stuff out. LaToya, I'm definitely going to have you on. We're going to talk about real estate. Daphne, I definitely want you on there. I hate to call you guys out by name, but I want you to know who I'm talking to. Um, I want to have you on about uh, your whole art school experience and, and being a new mom. I love everyone that's listening. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your years of service, and thank you for protecting the sheep, um, as you Absolutely. would call us. You know, Absolutely. Th- thank you for making Absolutely. that sacrifice and making this world a better place. And um, hopefully, this information will get out there, and maybe it'll change the mind of some people. Um, that maybe didn't think too positively about um, cops before. And like I said, thank you for your time and thank you for everything you do. And uh, we'll come back and we'll do this again. You got it. We're out of here. Peace.